0: Good evening, listeners, and thank you so much for joining me on tonight. Y'all hear me say it every week. It is such a pleasure to come into your home, your car, your office, your church, wherever you may be at this time listening to Be Be Free Ministries. It is such a pleasure for you to join us. We are one big family in Christ Jesus, and it is such an awesome privilege for me to share the word of the Lord with you. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for blessing us through yet another day of work, another day of retirement, and another day of relaxation. God, whatever it is we had planned today, thank you for blessing us through this day. Father God, thank you that you kept us throughout this day. The danger seen it and seeing you kept us, Father God, and we say thank you God, we thank you for your goodness towards us. We thank you for your love towards us. God, we thank you for your protection and provision toward us. God, we bless you that you are God and you are God alone. Hallelujah. You are God upon your throne and we honor you for who you are. God, we welcome you into this teaching tonight. We ask that you will have your way, Lord God. We pray that you move by your spirit, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, Father God, speak what you want to speak to us tonight, say what you want to say, Father God, do what you want to do, Father God, and we forever give your name, all the glory, the honor, and the praise in Jesus' name, amen, hallelujah, glory to the Lamb of God, so tonight we are going to continue in our teaching on prayer, an instrument of faith, a weapon of warfare, Prayer as an instrument of faith and a weapon of warfare. Lord, we need to pray, 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 pray. Let me tell you, it is a lot going on in our world today. We were hit, you know, a couple of months ago with the natural disasters. And over the last few weeks, we've been hit with, um, or over the last few weeks to a month, we've been hit with shootings or attacks in our world. It, started with Vegas, at least over the last, you know, month or so, it started with the Vegas shooting, and then the gentleman who drove his truck into a street in New York, and then the, the church shooting in Texas just last week, man, whew, it's, it's a praying time, like it's always a praying time, but it is definitely a praying time, and it's definitely a sign other times Jesus assumes to return and the enemy is doing everything he can in order to accomplish his will upon the earth and, and his will to kill steal and destroy kill steal and destroy that's the devil's will and he is trying to incite his will exact his will upon the earth and in that, that kill steal and destroy Fear is in that. He is inciting fear in the hearts of the people in our world and in our country, and it's horrible. The enemy is doing what he's doing, but we as Christians, we need to be on our post. We need to stand as the warriors of God, as the prayers of God, as the intercessors, and pray against the attacks of the enemy, pray for peace, peace, pray for comfort to those families who have been um, affected by these uh, shootings that have occurred. We need to be on our post to pray for every assignment that the Lord has given us. That assignment could be an individual. That assignment could be a family. That assignment could be a church. That assignment can be a group of people like a particular organization or organizational group. That assignment could be a country that assignment can be a culture of people. Whatever our assignment is, we need to be the watchman on the wall, as Isaiah says, to watch over the people or the groups that God has entrusted us with. Amen? Amen. So as prayers, as intercessors, we need to be on our post. So let's dive in. Let me give you just a little recap. I didn't get very far last week because I ended up – Stopping to pray. And so that was really good. God prompted me to pray. So we didn't get as much teaching done last week, which was fine with me. But we started off by talking about prayer as an instrument of faith. We took our scripture from Hebrews chapter 1, specifically verse 1 and verse 6. And then we talked about why do we pray to build and maintain a solid relationship with God. And in that uh, relationship, it was openness and honesty. And then we talked about God, uh, we pray to accomplish or to release God's will upon the earth because we pray according to God's will. We pray what we hear the Lord saying. So we pray to accomplish the will of the Lord upon the earth or release the will of the Lord upon the earth. And then we also pray to be a partaker of God's um, uh, kingdom here upon the earth, conduit of the divine exchange. And so the divine exchange is as simple as our breathing. When we breathe in, we breathe in carbon, um, excuse me, we breathe in oxygen, H2O. When we breathe out, we're breathing out carbon dioxide, which is CO2. And so that even exchange of taking in good air and releasing the bad air, that's the divine exchange in, in the spiritual realm. We take in God, we take in his love, his peace, his joy, uh his the fruit of the spirit. We take in the heart of God, the essence of God, and then we release out the junk that is within us, the negativity that is within us, the issues, the fear, the worry, the anxiety, uh, all of those things that are not of God. We release those out. Those are the waste. Those are the toxins that we release out of ourselves that God can put himself in us and mature us and grow us in and, and make us to look like him and to be like him so that we can operate like him upon the face of the earth and in particular in our prayer life. Okay, so the divine exchange is, is, is releasing all the negativity and the junk that is within us and taking on God's character and the essence of who he is. Um, and so we're going to get in tonight about... How do we pray? So we know why we pray. Why? Excuse, excuse me, I'm looking at my notes here because I'm wanting to see. No, I need to move on. So, how do we pray? So, there are a couple of things that need to happen for us to be effective prayers, okay? Number one, our heart must be right, we must have a heart of forgiveness. Psalm 66 and 18 says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. We must forgive those who have hurt us. Those who have done us wrong, those who have abandoned us, those who have turned their back on us, we need to forgive everybody, anybody that has harmed us, that has hurt us. If we are still harboring unforgiveness in our heart, there's no way that God can freely flow through us. So we need to forgive those people, forgive that individual, whoever it is, family member, friend, somebody you don't even know that hurt you, we need to forgive. Matthew 6 and 12, and also, uh, so Matthew 6, verse 12, and then verse 14 and 15 reads in the New Living Translation, and forgive us our sins, just as we have forgiven those who have sinned against us. As part of the Lord's Prayer. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you, but if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not Forgive your sins. It is beneficial for us to forgive those who have sinned against us, who have hurt us, who have harmed us, so that God can forgive us of our sins. Because if you are harboring unforgiveness against other people, there's no way God can can forgive you. So we need to make sure that we release people. We release them. We don't hold grudges against them. We don't harbor any ill will against them. We don't want any harm to come to them. We forgive them, release them from the debt we feel they owe us so that we can be free um, so that God can use us and flow freely through us in prayer. Amen. Amen. So we need to have a forgiving heart. Um, Our heart must also be one that is not judgmental or critical. So Luke 6 and 37 says, Stop judging others and you will not be judged. Stop criticizing others, or it will all come back on you. My gosh. So we need to make sure that our heart is not one of judgment. We judge everybody, everything somebody does. We judge, we judge the way they look, we judge how they talk, we judge how they walk, how they dress, what they say when they say it. We judge their their work ethic. You know, if, they're, if we if it's a coworker, we're judging how they work. You know, we judge everything about them. No we need to stop judging other people. It is not our place to judge other people. It is not our place to criticize someone. If they're not doing a good job, take them aside and talk with them in love and help them to do a better job. You know, if it's someone who is Maybe it's a, a mother who's not treating her children right. Instead of criticizing her, pull her to the side and give her some some strategies for how to help treat her kids right, how to discipline them correctly, how to love them. We are not to criticize anyone for anything that they do, okay? We are not to criticize people for how they look, for how they dress. We are not to criticize anybody. We're not to judge anybody. Again, that's not our place. So our heart needs to be one that is free from judgment and free from criticism, even even judging yourself. Because sometimes we are, I ain't going to say sometimes, most times, all the time, we are our worst critic. Like we can criticize ourselves for the way that we look, for maybe if we have extra on, or maybe we're thinner than we want to be. Our hair isn't quite right. We don't like the way we look. We got our granddaddy's nose, got the grandma mouth. You know, we we can be critical and judgmental of ourselves. So even in that, we are not to judge ourselves. We're not to be critical of ourselves. Maybe we uh, don't operate the way someone else does we don't teach like someone else does or we don't um understand the word or study the word like someone else does or we don't pray like someone else does and we are critical of ourselves because you know we feel like we should be of a certain maturity level in god don't worry about that you pray how god tells you to pray you um Teach the word as God gives it to you because there's only one you. You are unique. You are an original. You don't have to do it like anybody else. You don't have to be like anybody else. You don't have to act like anybody else. You can be you uniquely and originally you. So we are not even to criticize or judge ourselves. Amen? Amen. So a forgiving heart, a heart free of judgment and criticism, and we need to have a humble heart. 1 Peter 5 Chapter 5, verses 5 through 6 says, you younger men, accept the authority of the elders. Lord, these children running around here don't want to listen to nobody, don't want to listen to their parents, don't want to listen to the elders, my, my, my. But the Bible says, you younger men, accept the authority of the elders, and all of you serve each other in humility for God sets himself against the proud, but he shows favor to the humble. Let me push pause right there. I know the start of the verse says, you younger men accept the authority of the elders. That's for the young women too. We need to accept the authority of the elders, of the mothers that are in our churches or in our families. We need to accept The authority of those who are seasoned, those who are older, those who are mature as younger people are to accept the authority of our elders. Okay, let me keep reading. Um, So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and in his good time, he will honor you. The King James Version says... He will exalt you, so we are to be humble there's no there is no room for pride or arrogance in the kingdom of God there's just no room for it so we need to be of a humble heart God can flow freely through us when we have a humble heart. God can freely use us to pray for other people when we have a humble heart okay so we are to be humble we are also have are to have a heart with pure Motives. Pure motives. Pure motives. Proverbs twenty and two says, Every way of a man is right in his own eyes. But the Lord pondereth the heart. The Lord knows our heart. We can try to hide as much as we want to. We try to hide the the um The impure thoughts or impure motives of our heart, we can try to hide that if we want to, but let me tell you something. You might can hide it from your spouse. You might can hide it from your friends. You might can hide it from your family, but nothing is hidden from God. He ponders the heart. He knows the heart. So our heart needs to have pure motives. We should not want to pray for people just so God can reveal information about that person um, so that we can go and gossip about them or so that we can go tell their business or so that we can go up to them and say, you know what, God told me that you're struggling in your marriage or God told me that you're struggling with fornication or drugs or whatever. No, our motives for praying are to be pure. They are to be holy. They are to be godly, not prideful, not arrogant not impure, not full of of, of lust or, or, or gossiping or junk. It's to be pure. Our motives, the motives of our heart need to be pure, not just in prayer, but just as we live our lives day to day. We need to have pure hearts. We should not have any hidden agendas. We should not have any impure motives. We should not try to push our own will or try to exact our own plans. We need to have a heart that's pure and holy and godly before the Lord. Amen. So we are to have pure motives in our heart. So that's the heart. We need to have a forgiving heart, a heart free of judgment and criticism, a humble heart, and a heart with pure motives. Amen. And so how do we pray? cleanliness of heart, we also pray with a holy, 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 holy mind. Our mind must be holy before the Lord for God to freely uh, flow through us to release prayers upon this earth. So as we think about our mind, we have to think about that thought life. Psalms 12, chapter 1, excuse me, chapter 12, verses 1 through 2, says, and so brothers and sisters... I plead with you to give your bodies to God. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind God will accept. When you think of what he has done for you, is this too much to ask? Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think, then you will know what God wants you to do, and you will know how good and pleasing and perfect his will really is. So our thought life, let me tell you, must be holy and pure before the Lord. We should not be thinking of ways to harm somebody. We should not be thinking of ways to seek revenge on somebody. We should not be thinking of ways to get over on our job. We should not be thinking of ways to steal cheat. We should not be thinking of ways to lie to get what we want. Our thoughts should be holy. We are to have the minds of Christ. And Christ's mind is pure and it is holy, it is godly. Those are the types of thoughts that we should have. Holy thoughts. Godly thoughts. Pure thoughts. Not thoughts lusting after somebody. Not thoughts of, of 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 um gluttony over food, you know. Our thoughts should be holy. Our thought life should be pure before the Lord. It's not to say that we won't have some impure thoughts because we're human and we may have impure thoughts. But boy, oh boy, oh boy, when them thoughts come in, you better rein them, rein them in tight. The the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, I think it starts at verse 9. Um, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God, so pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought into captivity. So we are to make sure our thoughts are pure, and any negative thoughts, any impure thoughts, any unholy thoughts, we are to bring those thoughts to, to the subjection of Christ under the authority of Christ Jesus. All right? So we need to make sure that our thought life is holy and pure. Matthew 5 and 28 also tells us, now this, this is good. This, this verse is good. You have heard that it was said, do not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks on a woman and a man, we're going to plug in man here for us women, lustfully has already committed adultery with her or him for us women in your heart. The Bible says if we look on a person and lust after them, we have we have already committed adultery. It's just like we committed the act of adultery. Just lusting after the person. That's well, that's tight. That's tight, but it's right. It's tight. But it's right. So if you see somebody that's nice looking, appreciate the way they look without lusting after their flesh amen amen hallelujah so we have to keep our thoughts holy and pure how we keep our thoughts holy and pure philippians chapter 4 and verse 8 says finally brethren whatsoever things are pure honest just true lovely and of good report if there be any virtue and if there be any praise think on these things. Think on the things that are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, and of good rapport and are virtuous. Think on those things. That's how we keep our mind pure and holy before the Lord, to think on the things outlined in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. Hallelujah. Thank you. G. I'm talking to myself too. Not that I'm lusting after nobody, but you know what the thought thought life. Yeah, we gotta keep that reindeer and keep that thought life reindeer. So even as we think about our mind, we need to make sure that we have a clear conscience. First Timothy chapter one verse nineteen says, "Cling to your faith in Christ and keep your conscience clear." For some people have deliberately violated their consciences. As a result of their, as a result, their faith has been shipwrecked. So we need to make sure our conscience is clear. Um, part of that is forgiving those who need to be forgiven, um, including ourselves, because sometimes we need to forgive ourselves for some things that we've done or some things that we said. So a clear conscience and you know forgiving yourself as well. But we also need to make sure that uh, again we're not. Uh, 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 thinking about ways to harm people. You know, we're not thinking of ways to exact revenge on people. We're not um, trying to cheat and lie our way into success or promotion or elevation. We need to make sure our conscience is clear, that our conscience is at peace with God, okay? And part of that is our thought life. It just goes right into Romans 12, 1 and 2 about thinking um, about the way that we think and the set we have. You know, what do you think about when you wake up in the morning? What do you think about going to bed at night? When you have a lunch break at work, what do you think about? You know, I have weekends off, so, you know, if you have weekends off, what do you think about on the weekends when you're at home, you know? So we just need to keep a thought on or keep a check on our thought life. So our conscience needs to be clear. You know, the things that we do, our actions, even need to be pure and holy before the Lord. So I see the movie War Room and you know how the husband in the movie he um had such high sell uh high sell goals or his goals were his not the goals but the his sales were so high, you know, he was kinda of moving up in the company but he was selling. And so after he you know, after he he wasn't saved at the time, but God, and they, they found out about it, and he lost his job. And so in the midst of him um, being unemployed, the Lord touched his heart, and he gave his life to God. He actually rededicated his life back to God. And when he rededicated his life back to God, God began to deal with him about those products that he stole, and then how, um, like the profits that he earned, because what he did he see the product, and he sold it as if it was his, and he pocketed that profit. And so God began to deal with him, and he told his wife, he said, you know, I'm, I, I need to go and talk to, to the company, you know, that fired me. I need to go talk to my supervisor or my former supervisor because his conscience was not clear. He was not at peace because even when, even after God saves us, we still need to rectify, some. we still might need to rectify some of those situations or choices that we made. We may still have to go back and get those things right with whoever we wrong. could be a family member. could be your spouse. It could be your supervisors on your job or your former supervisors, you know, if you happen to lose your job with that situation as the husband did. We sometimes, God will send us back to get that situation right with that person or to to clear the air, basically, so that we are not attacked by the enemy because of that lie is still lingering or that dishonesty is still lingering or, in this case, that theft was still lingering, okay? So sometimes even after we got get saved and God is working on us and dealing with us, sometimes we have to go back and get some situations right, like go back in our past, you know, and get some situations right with people, okay? So after he did that, you know, and because he took the product back and His supervisor said, you know, let me think about this for a couple of days, and his supervisor ended up going to his house, and he told him, you know, why did you give the product back to us, like, why did you do it, and I can't remember what the husband said, but it had something to do with he needed his conscience clear because the Lord was dealing with him. And so he could have went to jail for that, but his supervisor said, no, you, you, I'm not going to you know, press charges against you, but I would like for you to pay back the money that you received in profit. And the husband said that God had already been dealing with him about paying the money back. And so that was his consequence. God really showed mercy up, upon him because of his honesty. And because he was able to do that, his mind was at peace, his conscience was clear. So if you're wrestling with something or the enemy, like things are on your mind and bogging down your mind. You might need to go and ask somebody to forgive you, or you may need to go back and get a situation right, okay? So we need to make sure that our conscience is clear. The last thing I want to say, well, yeah, last thing I want to say about our mind is we need to be knowledgeable because when we pray, we should be praying the Word of God, and we need to know the Word of God in order to pray the Word of God. So 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 15 says, study to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needeth, needeth not to be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. Joshua 1 and 8 says, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou might. Excuse me that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. So we need to make sure that we know the Word of God that we're studying God's word that we're meditating upon God's word that we're letting the Word of God soak within our heart and within our spirit. So when we pray, we can pray the word of God because God honors his word, y'all. When we pray God's word, he honors his word, and he will make sure that that prayer comes to pass. He will answer that prayer. Amen. Amen. So our mind, we need to keep a check on our thought life. We need to have a clear conscience, and we need to be knowledgeable in the word of God. Amen. Amen. My time is leaving me, but I'm going to get to this next part and um so part of how do we pray we got we have the heart we have the mind now we got to talk about this soul the soul is where our will and our emotions are housed okay and so i actually i'm going to stop i'm going to stop cuz it's it's we we yeah i'm going to have to stop we're going to have to get into the soul next week cuz i'm not going to have enough time to get into it like i want to get into it So we will continue this series. And look, y'all, I got like two more pages of notes, so we may have to do this for two more Thursdays uh, because, you know, again, we need to make sure that we are praying when God tells us to pray, for who God tells us to pray, for as long as God needs us to pray. So we have to have this prayer down, y'all. And we can never have enough, enough teaching on prayer. We can always use a refresher course in prayer. Amen. So this is what this is. It's simply a refresher course in prayer. Prayer, an instrument of faith, a weapon of warfare. So next week, next Thursday, at six o'clock p m we're gonna pick up with how do we pray and we'll talk about the soul okay <laughs> all right, this is good to me like i am enjoying teaching this lesson, it is so good to me, and so God, we thank you for this teaching God, we thank you for giving us this refresher course and prayer father god we Thank you for for uh, giving us new insight and new wisdom in how to pray, Father God. We thank you that we can use prayer as an instrument of faith, Lord God. Prayer is a weapon of warfare, God, and I pray that we will we will be that warrior in prayer as we intercede for our family, as we intercede for our community, as we intercede for our coworkers, as we intercede for our country, Father God, for our. Father God. God, let us be that warrior, Father God, that watchman on the wall who watches over the souls that you have entrusted us to pray for. God, we thank you for giving us the authority to pray. God, we thank you for the power that comes through prayer. God, we thank you. Hallelujah, that we truly are prayer warriors, Father God, building up your kingdom and helping combat the hand of the enemy. Hallelujah. God, we thank you that prayer is an instrument of our faith. God, we thank you that our faith is built up in prayer, Father God. And as we pray for other people, their faith is being built up, Father God. We thank you that we are prayers in faith, God, that we pray your word in faith, Lord God, that we pray your will be done in faith, God, that every prayer released. Well, it's done in faith, God, through faith, by faith, God, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. God, we thank you that we can be that instrument of faith, releasing your word upon the earth, God, through prayer. God, we bless you, hallelujah. We don't take it for granted, Father God. We don't take it lightly that you have entrusted us to pray for ourselves and to pray for other people, hallelujah, God, we pray that this word will continue to sink within our spirit as this evening goes on and as the weeks and months ahead go on, God, we pray that this word will ignite within us, God, that we will be the prayer warriors that you have called us to be in an even greater way, God, we love you, we bless you, and we honor you, in Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. So thank you so much for joining me tonight. Again, we will continue the series Prayer, An Instrument of Faith, A Weapon of Warfare, next Thursday at 6 o'clock p.m. If the Lord delay his coming, we'll be back next Thursday at 6 o'clock p.m. Look, if you want to know more about the ministry, visit us at BeFreeMinistriesNC.Weebly.com. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash BeFreeMinistriesNC. If you have a prayer request, a praise report, a prophetic word you need to release to us, email us at befree at outlook.com. Amen. Amen. Look, if nobody has told you that they love you today. I love you. We at Be Free Ministries, we love you. This is Be Free Ministries signing off.